Here at Click, we recognize that acts of sexual misconduct or violence can be traumatizing. If you or somebody you know has been affected by this, please feel free to call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-4673. Again, 1-800-656-4673. Click stands with you. Hey guys, it's your girl Jay Kills from the first episode. Hi, my name is Rachel and I'll be your other host for today. And today we'll be paging Dr. Huxtable. Hey, passing the remote. So today's episode is going to be shining a light on the Cosby show in light of the sentencing of Cosby. But before getting into everything, we want to introduce our guests for the show. If you guys would like to introduce yourselves. Uh, hey guys, I'm DJ. And I'm Lexi. And I'm Jacob. And yeah, so if you hear Welcome. them chime in to anything that we say today, don't be alarmed. All right, so today we're going to focus on the Cosby Show because as a class that discusses Black family sitcoms, this is really important to us in the way we go on and the way it relates to how we grow up in our cultures. Yeah. Right. And so in light of the sentencing, for some view, for some listeners, at least for myself, I know, even though I'm in the class, it kind of changes how I view the Cosby show versus when I was younger and didn't know of these things happening. So that is one of the aspects that will be, or one of the perspectives that will be spoken on today. And um, sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, as, a, as someone who... Um, as a white male who never grew up watching the Cosby show, um, you know, it's been really interesting for me to learn how much this is affecting um, black people in the black community. So, um, you know, I'm here to offer an alternate perspective and, you know, learn more about these issues and ask questions. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm white, but I grew up watching it constantly. Like, I grew up with the Huxtables. And so it was heartbreaking when all of this came out. And I think one of the most shocking things for me is uh, looking at the timeline of when all of this started. Mm -hmm. This has been going on for about 14 years. I mean, much longer than that, but as far as the first allegation, which is kind of mind-blowing. Which I didn't even know about until we were talking about this today. Like, I didn't I didn't realize that the allegations had, you know, have been, you know, being produced since like 2000 or whatever. Mm -hmm. well, oh. he, he settled out of court, right? He settled out of court in 2005. So. But this was brought back to life with a comedian. What was his name? Does it know a timeline? I think it was like 2014. I kind of want to play a clip of it.
See, I never really grew I didn't grow up on the Cosby show. It always came on around like nine o'clock on Nick at night. Mm-hmm. And right. when Nick I saw it, it, it was on at the same time with like Roseanne or uh home development. And to me they were as a as a kid, as a young black boy, they were like Yeah, I am of course. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> as a young black boy, I was like, This is all old people. All I, I see <laughs> Old Roseanne, I see old Bill Cosby. This is like old people shows. So I didn't really watch it when I was a kid. But I did know of like the cultural relevance because of like I saw Raven Simone on it. Mm-hmm. I saw um like I would always wake like be up at night and I'd see the uh the intro, the um the elevated music intro for mm-hmm. season three, I wanna say, season three or five. And I mean it was jazzy, and I was I was in the band at the at the time, so like music and all that just really interested me. So I, I kind of I could feel this cultural relevance from it. I just didn't watch any episodes. Like I knew I knew Theo, I knew Rudy, and I knew that uh, Raven was on it, but I didn't. It never really like I didn't watch it. But it went on for eight seasons. Yeah, it, it went on for a long time. Yeah, like we, we were up in rerun. Oh yeah, era. Mm-hmm. But um, kind of to go off what DJ was saying, but in the opposite direction, I have an older soul, so anything mm-hmm. that had older people in it, I was with that. Um, and the Cosby Show was definitely something that my mom, I guess, introduced me to, but I kept going for myself. So um, it had a big impact on the way that I viewed black family and just black people as a whole. So, yeah, so what, what was about. that effect? For me, um, and I kind of mentioned it in the first episode, but growing up in a single parent household and, you know, just having like seeing that on TV. So knowing that that is something I can aspire to, to have one day a whole family, like a husband um, and two children and or however many children they had, you know, they had a few, but like to have mm-hmm. a big family, to be well off uh, financially and like, in a higher socioeconomic class than what I was, seeing the seeing the things that I was aspiring for on TV made it grasp, like made it within my grasp. So that was the impact. Well one of the impacts. They were like the ideal family growing up. Like I watched them all the time. And Mm -hmm. I have um I'm one of five well, grew up one of five kids. There's six that's a different story now. Yeah. But um so it was cool to see like all of the ways the family and Cosby oh, was God. in the center of it. I mean, he yeah. was voted the greatest television dad. Yeah. That did throw me off how the family's name was Huxtable. And then it was yeah. Huxtable. That always threw me off. And I'm glad I found out that it was just like to throw him at the center of the show at, when I did, because then I'd, I'd have been asking that question forever. We're living through a cultural shift right now where it is becoming okay for women to have a voice and where the crime of sexual assault is no longer being tolerated. This is a shift to a culture which puts people's humanity above everything else. This is something that has not been the case in America in its history. Though women and all survivors are being given a platform on which to talk about their abuse and denounce their abusers, there is still a long way for us as part of this cultural movement to go. As a straight, white, cisgendered man, I promise to put the humanity of others first, to listen to and believe the survivors of sexual assault, to denounce the actions of those who stand in opposition to the progress of marginalized groups, 
and to do all that I can in my spaces and spheres of influence to continue to cultivate a culture where people's humanity is sacred and respected as such. Thank you for listening, and I hope that the following conversation is educational and provides you with the tools to continue discussing these issues in your own communities. Okay, so real talk, though. Now we're going to talk about why we're even talking about the Cosby Show, you guys. So yeah, real talk. Take it away, Rachel. Okay, so Cosby's such an influence, and he was often looked at as the ideal Black family man, the ideal Black dad and he put his name on everything the bill cosby show the cosby show um the cosby mysteries i think is one of the things he did and he was just a part of so much stuff starting out with i spy and fat albert i don't know if y'all remember that i don't really remember that remember five times in the row i mean he had the tv show before that he did yeah, and so, and he was an alma mater at Temple University and was just all invested in sort of stuff. Um, he got the Presidential Medal of Freedom, Golden Globes, Emmys, Grammys. He was invested in everything. I do want to say that by us listing this, this is not us anyway building this man up. It's showing why it's so important that we talk about this because he had such an influence. Right. And, and, you know, later on, we're going to be talking about what his actions, like, what that means for his work, you know, as it exists today. Yeah. So, that's what we're setting up right now. Yeah, we're kind of setting up an ironic span for you guys. We want you guys <laughs> to think, like, oh, they're praising this man. Definitely not. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. No. Can't necessarily disregard the impacts that he's yeah. had, but we have to show why that is making his sentencing such a big deal mm -hmm. uh, to say the least but um, oh, yeah so i guess kind of moving off since this is real talk um those of you like in the room who i guess that would be jay kells and lexi like who did grow up watching the cosby show and like found that to be a, a influence um uh what what was the effect for you once you started learning about the allegations i was so sad and I'm a person that always is like with the women and I that didn't change. Mm -hmm. But like in my head I was like, oh, no. Like I needed it to be not confirmed because like I did believe them, but I needed it to be real mm -hmm. because it like wouldn't register in my head. Um, I guess for me, and I again something I kinda hinted at in the very first episode, but that Personally, seeing what Cosby has done outside of the Cosby show kind of invalidates all that he did in the Cosby show. And that's just my perspective. You guys are welcome to disagree. But it was hard for me going back in these last couple of weeks and, you know, watching some of the shows, whether for, you know, class or for recreational purposes, to look at him and say, oh, yeah, like I dig the standard he's trying to set. I dig the... Um, like the call to actions he's trying to have the black family make or the black men or the black woman, because it's like, you didn't even uphold those standards for yourself. Right. And one of the, I'm a pretty spiritual person. So it's more for me, it's not one of those things where you preach at people and you tell people what you should do or what they should do X, Y, Z, but it's more of a, do your actions follow suit? And for him, they really don't. Right. So it's hard to see. And because we can't separate Dr. Huxtable from Bill Cosby, 
I mean, he is true. Not only did he create the show, right, but he is Dr. Huxtable, the man, in essence, like in everything that is. It's hard to see Dr. Huxtable separate from that and therefore take those lessons that Dr. Huxtable taught us and like carry them out in my life. So that's kind of what it's done. I know a lot of people have issues separating Mm -hmm. an actor from their character because I know even someone in class was talking about their mom when this stuff came out and they were like, Mm -hmm. no, not Dr. Huxtable. Right. Which is just something so like inherently in us to be like completely connecting them like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how is it watching it now? Like watching in class? I said something earlier to you about like watching it now. I just kind of feel icky when he has a scene with a woman. I'm like, ooh, how was that relationship? Did anything weird happen with you guys? And it like hurts. I mean, the whole, the first episode that like when, uh, Rudy and Vanessa are, are standing in the middle of the hallway yeah, with, right, right. Towels. Bat, with towels around. That, I, that oh, threw yeah. me off. And I mean, I couldn't think of anything but but the allegations yeah. uh, at the time. And I mean, I have, I kind of have like a hard time with the whole, I mean, since I didn't grow up with the show, it's easier for me to separate Dr. Hustable mm-hmm. and, and Bill Cosby. But I don't, Think I don't agree with um like all the lessons like they're invalid they're invalidated mm-hmm. because because when we're talking about um taking the lessons that he taught us and versus the person I mean you can say that just because he's not um doing right or is the right he's not the right person mm-hmm. it doesn't take away from the, the actual le- it to me it doesn't take away from the actual lesson because i know the lesson is good but the man who just gave it is the wrong person and you, as a human you are i think it is okay that any person even though they're bad can still teach a good lesson regardless of you know what they've done mm-hmm. i mean if a murderer tells someone not oh man you know what i'm not even gonna get into that (laughs) (laughs) i mean you can say all the right things but you can still do the bad stuff it doesn't mean like what you said was not right it just Mm -hmm. means that your character didn't uphold it to come from that it's not even necessarily that you know someone that is wrong can't give the right teachings but i think it's about the motivation behind it and the inspiration to follow through right Mm -hmm. like yeah those he taught he gave us some good some good lessons, but if if Cosby who you know Jay Kells can't separate the two from is not inspiring mm-hmm. Jay Kells to follow through with the lessons that Huxtable you mm-hmm. know put out there it's kind of you know um, that's really where I'm coming from but I definitely yeah. feel what you're saying. Um, so just to like lay more of a foundation um, about this, can we talk about what we think you know the specific. Uh, influences of, um, you know, the Cosby show was for black culture, or I mean, culture in general, you know, American culture, but, um, you know, what, what were its impacts, what were its effects, and maybe talk about a little bit of the politics that Cosby has. Um, oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I mean, growing up, um, a particularly I don't closed off family, I guess is the way we'll put it. Um, my something my dad said growing up is Cosby was the only good black man. He was like the role model for how black men should be. And I feel like 
Cosby demanded respect across all communities mm -hmm. in the way that Dr. Huxtable taught his lessons. And I don't, there was just something that even like, I don't know, people that are very racist could just admire about him. Um, and with this coming to light, it's just, oh, sorry. <laughs> with this coming to light, it's just, I, I don't know. It's like he's the only good black man in many racist eyes. What does that say about all the other people? I, I don't know where I'm going with this. But I think I might need you to slow down and take me a little more into what you're saying. Okay. I'm trying to grasp to be there with you. Okay. So I'll just go ahead and put it out there. Like, my dad's a racist. Okay. And so growing up, um, I never watched The Cosby Show. And when we talked about The Cosby Show, he always referred to Cosby and Huxtable as the same person and saying that Cosby was like the only good black man. He was a family man. He worked hard. Um, he made something of himself. He dressed right. And I think many other people tried to aspire to be like Cosby. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Cosby demanded respect across all boards. Like politically, he was conservative. And I felt like many people, if they had to say something nice about the black community, like if a racist was demanded to say something nice, they'd always refer to Cosby before this. Okay, I got you. And so with that, with him being such a terrible person, that coming to light now, what does that say for the community as a whole now? Like, because I feel like many people will just grasp onto that. Oh, they're really all terrible at heart. Well, oh. And, Heavy. like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And, you know, you mentioned a lot, you know, how, you know, his portrayal of, you know, black manhood, how, you know, your dad saw him as, you know, sort of the quintessential, quintessential black man. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I, you know, how does, you know, why do you think that that portrayal, you know, the Dr. Huxtable, like, why do you think that resonated so well with, you know, what was the message that he was trying to say, you know, with, you know, what was he saying about black manhood, I guess? I guess, you know, maybe, you know, DJ can, as the only black man in the room, might have something to say. Well, um, to answer your question, uh, what what does it say about all of the, the community as a whole? I don't really, I don't really think it says, it said, it, to me it says more about the, the perception of the community mm -hmm. than it does about the community itself. Mm -hmm. And I think um, it says a lot about the representation of black men on uh, in media than it does about, you know, the community because, I mean, for, for a long time after his conviction, we're going to be seeing a lot of Bill Cosby's mugshots yeah. like for a while mm -hmm. versus seeing his smiling jazz hands in the face from uh, Bill's, yeah. yeah, that it is kind of <laughs> But um, can you can you repeat your question again? Well, um, I'm just saying, like, so how does you know Cosby's portrayal, or like you know what he says about you know manhood and mm -hmm. black manhood? How does that first like resonate with you and um, like as a black man, and also what um, I guess you know what what effect now like is it you know that he wasn't you know living up to the standard that he set in the show 
I, I mean, as far as the the portrayal of black manhood that he was portraying, it seemed it seemed to me from the episodes that I watched, it was a very traditional and fundamental uh, portrayal of the uh, of the I don't even want to say modern black uh, black man, but it was like this is an old school to me. It was an old school version of what a black man should be. He should, you know. Get a wife and kids. Take care of them, take care of them. Go to work, you know. And Bill Cosby seemed to portray uh, the ideology of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and getting to work. And if you have problems, it's probably not because you're black. It's because you know you, your pants is too low and you don't you be talking all this jibber jabber. And that's that's what his voice sounds like in my head. <laughs> but um, he. As far as like how it affected me as a black man, I, I since I'm like part of a generational gap of black people who watch the um, the Cosby Show, I can only relate it to how I would see someone like Uncle Phil, who I did grow up with uh, watching uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and if I found out that you know all the lessons that um, that he taught me watching that show were also in the same coming from the same person of that rate 50 some or more women i i don't know i'd be beside myself i'd be kind of distraught and i can uh, i can imagine how um the people who actually are going through this watching who watch the cosby show are going through and feeling so Mm -hmm. yeah i think and for you guys who don't know i am a black woman but one thing that I would like to, and this is just my opinion, of course, but I feel like for the black men, it kind of almost breaks down, not necessarily breaks down, but let me back up a little bit. Cosby, not Dr. Huxtable, but Cosby, um, who through Huxtable kind of makes this pervasive is the idea of the patriarchy, right? And how important it is to have a man at the center of a family and for the foundation of that family and the progress and the success thereof right and so when you see Cosby with those politics and with those ideals and stuff and then his notion that the man is the way to success for a family and now we see him fall in his in his role like in who he is it kind of I feel like it does a disservice to black men because now they have to redefine what their role should be as a black man in order to like fulfill that role in the patriarchy. Not sure if you followed anything that I just said, but that was just okay. And yeah. Kind of following up with that, like how do we feel do we think that, you know, Cosby's ideal of manhood, you know, what he portrays in the show, like very, you know, we've established the patriarchy is you know, very well established in that show. Do we think that uh, promoting that ideal had a positive effect? I think it did. I really think it did, Um, especially at that time. um, There was a lack of, I guess, a male-centered household. And how do I explain it? So I think it was a positive portrayal um, simply because, well, for community and social expectations. Um, I mean, I'm a white woman and I didn't start watching the Cosby show until after the allegations were made. 
and watching Dr. Huxtable, um, I think he's a great dad. And I find myself watching the show and thinking, wow, I wish, you know, my family was kind of structured like that. And so if I feel like that, knowing the allegations that have been made and um, the sentencing that's been made, I know people growing up watching this, you know, every Thursday night, they would definitely feel like Dr. Huxtable and an extension Cosby is the ideal father figure. And then since that works so well on TV, then a patriarchal household should be the ideal way if you're following that. Yeah. Um, so kind of going off with that, um, you know, I think one of like the toughest issues that I've had when like thinking about this and like, you know, like kind of forming my opinion of, of like who caused what type of person Cosby is and you know his effect and you know the different issues that stem from you know our studies mm -hmm. about this is you know I I think and you know let me know if you disagree those growing up but we will okay <laughs> yeah like I you know I think one of the reasons that Cosby was was very successful we touched on this in class a little bit was because it portrayed, you know, it, it normalized, you know, black family mm -hmm. for everyone else to white people. Yeah. Right. Definitely. It, 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 you know, it made, it portrayed a black family that, you know, white people could become. So say that we could digest. And, yeah. Digest is a great word for yeah. the time. Yeah. And came growing out. up in my family, like, well, yeah, um, that was the only acceptable family that was, was digested. Yeah, he was the exception. Yeah, he was the exception. Yeah. And so, but is that kind of taking something away from black people? If that trying to normalize them in the eyes of white people, which, you know, that's not something that, you know, we're owed as white people. So, you want the truth? Yeah. I yeah, think always. it does take a lot away um, because. It goes back to the whole like spectrum of being black and that there's not one set way to be. But for a lot of white people, Dr. Huxtable was the mm -hmm. one set way to be. And if you weren't that black man or you didn't belong in that black family, then you weren't an acceptable kind of black. And what is an acceptable kind of black kind of thing? So mm -hmm. I think it's I think it does a lot of harm. Uh, I like that you said acceptable well. family, too, because it became like that is the way a family should be which mm -hmm. kind of degrades other family styles where it's like you need a mom and a dad and like this many kids to be successful in life or whatever right. where it's like that's not always true well i don't disagree i think the cosby show was kind of a stepping stone for many people mm -hmm. if you know one type of black family was digestible then you can move on to you know they only have one kid mm -hmm. or they're just a loyal couple and they don't have any kids and then suddenly these other types of couples and situations become more digestible for the white community um I, well i kind of think it adds instead of uh taking away from the black community i think it kind of adds to the black community it gives them mm -hmm. a uh i don't want to say it gives them credit but it, it shows that they're like uh j kell said that there's a diff there's more than one way of being black. There's not always your um your perception of being black, and it kind of to say it takes away is saying that there you don't have 
the, uh, the responsibility to seek out these or to uh, broaden your perspective mm-hmm. on blackness or any other culture is, is it's not putting the responsibility on you to do that if we're saying it takes away from black people mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. To the survivors of sexual assault, we see you. Even if you don't tell a single soul, we believe you. If you tell just one person, we'll believe you. If you bravely tell your story in front of the whole world, hand up, under oath, we will always believe you. Your pain is real, your story is valid. And here at Black Box Studios, we support and honor your truth. So welcome back, everyone. We are now in on second thought, but we have a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Ty. Um, I am a graduate assistant in the Black American Sitcom course, and I'm here to help my students, my lovely students, grapple with all these issues, um, especially with Bill Cosby, because I'm struggling. Um, So I'm excited to dive into it. What have you guys been discussing so far? So far, we've been talking a little bit about the impacts that The Cosby Show has had um, on its audience, um, but now we want to get into the problematic side of his sentencing, his sentencing and how that's going to really affect where we go or how we receive The Cosby Show and even, you know, uh, shows birth from that show from here on out. So anybody have starting with so what does it mean to still be in a course where we watch and dissect shows like Cosby? Should we come to that question like a little later? Later in I think the middle. In the I middle. Okay. I, I don't know. I just I think that's like jumping. I yeah. So we should lead up to it. So yeah. let's talk about his uh, behavior and his trials. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good idea. So that's a behavior. Um, I'm sorry, I watched a little bit of it, and his conducts in trials, he was criticized by many people for being, like, nonchalant and acting like he doesn't care, and as Ty said when we were taking a break, is he just got up and walked out um, at the end shouting, hey, 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 like Fat Albert, and he came in on, who's on? Um, he walked in um, during the July or June 2017 um, trial, so the one that resulted in a mistrial, which is why we had a trial in these last few weeks. Um, he walked in with his on-screen daughter, Rudy Huxtable, as a character witness. Um, so he physically walked into the trial with her, and she also showed, served as a character witness during the trial. Um, despite the fact that he has daughters of his own, he's the father of five children. Um, so I think that it's important that we direct the conversation to the way in which he's performing Huxtable and Dr. Huxtable, um, and what that means in the way he's manipulating the public and the audience. So how did you guys react to feeling? He knew, I mean, like walking in with Rudy was going to resonate with people and Mm -hmm. he wanted that. Like it was a very calculated move in my head. It just makes me feel icky and like greasy because I... We all can agree it's a very calculated move yeah. on his part. And if this is calculated, how much of the other behavior that we've seen of him is calculated? And how much of a psychopath is he really? Yeah. I, I think that strategy to uh, have Rudy on his arm, allowing us to res- resonate um, with Dr. Huxtable and going there, I think it's drawing sympathy from those um 
who are looking in on this. And I don't want to get too much into it because it's not really the point of today's podcast. But there are a lot of people saying, you know, if we lock up Cosby, we should lock up everybody else and so and so and so. And so I think him using that strategy gives more fire to that flame of people already presenting that kind of argument. Um, so. Well, I think the argument is valid to say if we lock up Cosby, True. we should lock up everyone else because mm-hmm. a rapist is a rapist, a rapist all day, every day of the week. A rapist is a rapist um, is a rapist. Is a rapist <laughs> every okay. single day. Mm-hmm. And um, to recognize that the justice system does not um, punish all people equally. Mm-hmm. So Same a Brock Turner or a Brock Turner or a <clears throat> Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh. <laughs> um, or a Louis C.K. or a Aziz Ansari, mm-hmm. um, all of these men and often white men should um, be punished in the same way that we see mm-hmm. Cosby punished. So mm-hmm. it's not to say that Cosby deserved less right. because yeah. he does not. He's yeah, a no. rapist. Um, and women who came forward, thank you for your story. God bless you. Um, if you believe in me. Um, but it's to say that these men deserve more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And they always will. Um, right. This is like uh, not like in this direct line of thought, um, but it was something that came to my mind earlier when I was thinking about what we'd be talking about today and um, like about the justice system and punishment for sexual assault and rape. Um, Of course, you know, all of us agree in this room that it should be, you know, equal no matter your status, your color, your gender. Um, But, and, you know, if this is off topic, we can skip this, but, you know, what do you think a fair punishment would be? For Cosby or for other people, because Cosby, I mean, this was a this sentencing was only for one person, right? Yeah. Now. yeah. And I know there's like a statute of limitations or anything, so yeah, I think it's, for this one person, it's um, only only uh, one person was able to give her because of the her statement. Yeah. Um, but he was sentenced on three different counts. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so I, I think that is important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what does Cosby deserve? You know, I I guess you know looking like kind of focusing in a little more, you know, Cosby's 81, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, you know, not in best health, you know, it's, it's no secret that he is likely going to die in jail or may likely die in jail if, you know, he ends up having to, you know, serve the full 10 years. Honestly, better live than never. Okay. Yeah. Like he deserved to be sentenced. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, this should have happened years ago, but the fact that it's happening now, I mean, I think it's kind of like a first step. I mean, it's, I, I wish that, you know, our justice system wasn't so flawed and that uh, white rapists would also be punished. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad somebody's getting punished right now. I feel like it's a good step towards punishing all the other people that also deserve it. Because mm-hmm. with the age thing, too, there's also, on the other side of the spectrum, like, Oh, he was just young. Like when mm-hmm. with other people who are accused of rape, Brock like Turner Brock Turner, they give him a slap on the wrist because he's young. He doesn't know better, and it's he's like a, don't want to ruin his, you know, future exactly. So it's like but, if we go with that, when is anyone going to be mm-hmm. held accountable? Uh, um, your question kind of reminds me of this meme in which there's an elderly <laughs> lady, and she says, "Do I am I supposed to feel sorry for that bitch? No, <laughs> and I don't. So, but." I do think it's interesting how um, the sentencing is, it, I mean, I don't want to take away from anything that uh, Bill Cosby did because he deserves his, his punishment, mm-hmm. but it is interesting that 
the justice system is starting to act on a, a black man, especially one is um, uh, iconic or, or whatever as right. Bill Cosby. Do you think it's kind of like in this time of the Me Too movement and so many influential or iconic men being accused, do you think they're, they want to use him as like, well, we did this, we did one person. I think, yeah. I think it's kind of like a, um, it's showing, it's kind of like set an example, yeah. but, it, it's, but it's like, it's like this person now, it could have been, we could have yeah. started a long time ago, but now it's, now you want to start with Bill Cosby. Yeah. That yeah. It's just kind of funny to me. Bill Cosby deserves it, though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's I think it's important and to see kind of how you're grappling with it um, is the reason why it's become so divisive. His sentencing um, has become so divisive, and it's become a conversation about race, um, mm-hmm. which is important, unfortunate, and that it's um, erasing the... Um, attack on these yeah, women. It is. Um, I don't want to take away from their yeah their story or so their experience. I I don't I don't know what the right answer is to your question. Um, simply because it's hard to put a time limit um, to say like this will be enough um, for anything that mm-hmm. would have been experienced. Um, but I know it's been a triggering experience for me. Um, scrolling through social media seeing that Cosby is the hill people want to die on um, because I don't, I don't, I don't feel that he should be, but also um, I saw a comic um, or just an illustration in which he was being lynched. Like his, his figure was being lynched from a tree um, and surrounding his figure were images of like Brock Turner and Donald Trump and all these other different um, known rapists, so Louis mm-hmm. C.K. Um, so I know seeing the way in which the conversation is turning about race. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't even know how to deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. I know that it's a, it's an important time to practice self-care, I guess is what I'm, what I'm getting towards. So I don't know the answer to your question, like when is enough enough? Um, but I do encourage our listeners to take everything at face value, know your facts, learn what's going on, and then practice self-care. Yeah. I kind of want to bump off what you just said. Um, and how you said that, you know, people are making it more of a race thing than it is a focus on the victims. And I kind of think that that is also a strategy that uh, Cosby's playing into. Uh, of course, like bringing it back, you know, having Rudy on his arm, bringing it back to the uh, resonation of Dr. Huxtable. But even even in the Cosby show, there was never really an emphasis on the woman and the importance of the woman in that show. It's really like, yeah, you know, black family is great. But having the black man in the center of that black family is great. And so in order to assess the situation that is happening right now, along with the sentencing and like even look the fact that this has been going on since 2004, where that was the first time that we get mention of any um, you know, like conventions and whatnot. The fact that this whole time no one's really focusing on the woman. And I think that just plays back into the effect that he's had on, you know, the audience. Um, so that was just a little something I wanted to plug in there. Okay, so going off of what Ty said, I wanted to talk about a quote by Ernest Owens that's in Philadelphia Magazine. He says, We know firsthand that black people are punished for crimes faster and more frequently than their white counterparts, but fighting for a more just system should not include defending legitimate culprits. If we can't learn how to separate the two, we are bound to mis- misrepresent an entire group of men who have endured far too much marginalization as it is. Word, ladies and gentlemen, a word. <laughs> yeah, so it's like we definitely acknowledge that 
our justice system has so much work to do. Mm-hmm. But, and I get not defending Cosby, but feeling upset just because of like what he might have meant to you as a child. But like, he's guilty. So he shouldn't get less than what he got. Yeah. But it does say more. Yes, completely. And, you know, just background on, you know, kind of the issue with the justice system for the listeners who don't realize we're referencing, you know, how, you know, I'm sure that several people in this room have read The New Jim Crow by, um, what's her name? Anyway, um, but, you know, the issue that we're talking about right now um, uh, is how America's justice system and a lot of the institutions in American society are, you know, uh, as you know, our professor mentioned, um, it's a it's a mitigating factor, um, especially in the justice system. Um, so you know, black people are treated as you know lesser, and you know it's it's a way to control black people's bodies. Um, so I think that's important background. Um, just that we all have that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. also. Um, the New Jim Crow was by Michelle Alexander. Michelle Alexander. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess, you know, one thing that we can say is, as we were discussing, like in one of our breaks, is that though the justice system has this institutional flaw, um, you know, it doesn't excuse actions or um, it doesn't excuse or um, it doesn't say one should not be punished, you know. Um, so that's something we wanted to make clear. Um, and well, should we move into Cosby's politics? Sure. Um, so, again, as we were talking about over the break, um, you know, Cosby had, he used sort of the figurehead of this, a sort of black conservatism um, that was sort of unique to you know, he, he was saying something that, like, liberal blacks today would probably mostly disagree with. And so his philosophy was, you know, it, it followed a lot of black rhetoric. And in talking about this, we're going to be referencing um, an article in The Atlantic called This is How We Lost the White Man um, by ta Coates, where, you know, this article talks about I'm sorry, I feel like I'm talking a lot right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're good. Take, 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 take it and form us to have a playoff. You got it. I do want to say the term blacks is problematic, so maybe yeah. not safe. That. Okay. I don't even know. So, so sorry, so I didn't even notice that I said that either. I'm kind of. I was waiting for you to reference like the pound cake speech. <coughs> famous yeah. speech. Okay, sorry, can we back up for a second? Yeah, yeah. 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 Can yeah. Can yeah. Your oyster, yeah. my man. We would like for all listeners, especially survivors of sexual assault, to know that we do not stand by Cosby in light of his conviction, and we support any survivors who are struggling with such experiences. We here at Black Box Studios stick to our ethics of social responsibility and humanity first. And though you do not owe anyone your story, we hope you know that we hear you, we see you, and we believe you. Yeah, all right, now that I uh, got my shit back together, um, <laughs> so uh, before we get into the big question of the podcast. Um, we want to give a little more background um, into Cosby and um, his influence 
and uh, most of all, uh, his politics, which we talked about his portrayal of manhood earlier um, and what that meant and uh, what that meant for black men and black families. And so we wanted to give, before we go any further, a little bit of background into his own personal politics. Um, so uh, could somebody uh, please describe, talk about the pound cake speech? Everybody looked at me. Okay. <laughs> um, he was very critical of black sounding names, how they dress, um, single family homes. Uh, well, single family, uh, single parent in the way that there's not a man in the house. He was very, very critical of that. And talking, I'm not sure if this is a or not, but um, I got the hint that, you know, white man shouldn't respect um the black community if you're not acting a certain way is a lot of what the speech was about and how even like i don't know it was a lot about like if you act the right way you say things a certain way Mm -hmm. you know if you pronounce your g's at the end of words then you deserve a certain respect versus those that don't. So I think what we're we're kind of dancing around here and not saying the term itself is um, respectability politics. <laughs> so um, respectability, respectability politics is then meaning um, actions that serve to serve for the black body um, to be acceptable or consumable or appropriate in adjacent um, in context of whiteness. Um, so dressing a certain way, looking a certain way, saying certain things, um, and being more acceptable because you do these certain things. Mm-hmm. So um, I believe what we're what we're saying is that Cosby is advocating that black people, um, as a show or as a as a group, should um, should act a certain way and adhere to and the adhere white to standard at standards. the end of the day. And what is the damage of that? It's hella regressive. <laughs> it is. It's incredibly. It's incredibly regressive. And yet again, we're we're defining our identity by using someone else's identity. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. we're being told what's right and what's wrong. Yet again, based off the white standard, which goes back to like an earlier comment that like being black is a spectrum. So there's no right or wrong way to do that. But when Cosby says, "Well," There's a right and wrong way. So, and if Cosby's the American dad and the American standard and X, Y, and Z, and he tells us we're doing something wrong, then a lot of us are going to, you know, do that. I feel like he's also giving room for white people to say it too. Like if he's saying it's like I can say it, so it's exactly messed up. Um, Which is to say, he gives uh, white people um, the privilege to police black people in a way that. They (laughs) to take advantage of black people in another way that they should never presume to do. Um, For which we should return to um, a statement that was made earlier about black sounding names Mm. um, that acts in accordance with respectability politics. So at that point, let's check our ethic, um, remind remind ourselves of humanity first, and remind ourselves that black sounding names is a white construct. Mm -hmm. It's a social construct. Um, And a name is a name. So... (laughs) If you guys haven't looked out, so like shout out to like Uzo, um, Uzo Aduba. She's Love. absolutely amazing. She gives this uh, TED talk or not, not a TED talk. She gives a talk to um, a girl's group in which she explains the meaning of her name. Um, and I think it's absolutely amazing. My family named me Uzo Amaka. That's my full name. 
It means the road is good. Isn't that a beautiful name? Thanks, Mom. I got it for my birthday. <laughs> so. <laughs> so for her name to sound ethnic, quote unquote ethnic, as it was termed to her in origin, um, and it, for it to mean, the naming practice to mean something that dictated her future, um, I think that's important to understand. Um, and so, you know, this is a thought that came to mind earlier. Um, you know, so Cosby's politics, you know, it was this sort of, it was a black conservatism, um, which, you know, is regressive and also just, you know, impractical and, you know, pushes black people back. But, um, you know, he, he reflected his politics and his ethic in everything that he did. And we talked about uh, the, the patriarchy uh, as being sort of like central to the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like the thought when we were having that conversation earlier that I wanted to wait to bring up for when we were getting into on second thought was like <laughs> it knowing that it almost and like Cosby's ego and everything it it shouldn't be surprising that he's done these things you know that shouldn't be surprising in what sense in the sense that like he's like living up to his ego and his politics of like a man-centered society where you know he should be able to have everything he wants okay you know without doing anything and so that was you know that's that manifested you know, it's just the extreme manifestation of, you know, what he was already portraying. Mm-hmm. Kind of be seen in, like, the dismissal of Claire in the show. Because, mm-hmm. like, she is a strong woman mm-hmm. with a great career, and it's like, no one cares. No mm-hmm. one talks about it. It's very rarely mentioned. Or And then there are episodes with Elvin where he goes into question, question stuff like that, and she shuts him down. Mm-hmm. But So, I don't know, it's just with him being the, like, head of the entire show it says a lot about the way he thinks about women and stuff to go off what you said sorry go ahead um i think it's an important clarification that we made um because jacob you were saying um that it pushes black people back and um for something to be regressive we have to recognize which black people he's pushing back which is to be women um Mm -hmm. and to console or to not to console to contain the women to her body Mm -hmm. um to so to reduce claire and Vanessa and all of these other women portrayed on the show to their physical being rather than yeah. recognizing Claire as a litigator and as all of the qualities that she brings right. um, to the show. And like our professor said earlier, when he talks about quote unquote ethnic names, he says he sticks with women's names. He does right. not go into guys' names at all. And I kind of wanted to, since we're on the women in the um, he has a quote, and I'm not good at quoting it because I just closed my laptop. But and I think it goes into one of his politics, kind of. But he was saying we have to protect our women, and that sentence of him, of black men having to protect their black mm-hmm. women, is yet again a physical thing. It's not we have to respect our women, admire our women, um, show appreciation for the things that they do outside um, of the physical realm, but like you know, just make sure their bodies are safe. And, um, and, but the reality of it is that the women are always protecting the men, you know, in, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, in case can yeah. hear. <laughs> we could just add a round of applause right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
Absolutely. Like, you know, we saw in uh, Martin, you know, bringing another sitcom that we watched into yeah. it. Uh, another problematic man. Another um, problematic. Um, in they, case y'all didn't know, he sexually <laughs> assaulted Tina, but we um, won't get into that either. But yeah, it was, you know, his girlfriend who was protecting him from his own insecurities. Um, and that's, you know, that's a, it's a dangerous mindset when you have like four men to have, when you have that sort of expectation that you have to, you know, be all these things and it manifests in like some great insecurity where, you know, it's a culture that, you know, it, it leads into like rape culture and everything that we're seeing today. So it's very prevalent in our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So with all that being said, I just got one question. Oh, should be on the air or not? I think this is such a hard question because, like, no matter what, you have to recognize that this was such an important show. It was necessary for the time. It did a lot for Black culture, but it's like, what do we do with it now? You said it was necessary for the time, so... Yeah, exactly, but it's like, is it necessary? You can't erase what it did, Mm -hmm. and so, like, how do you deal with something like that? It's really, I don't don't know if I'm the one to answer. So, I think that we should then backtrack, or at least reformat the question to say, in what way is it necessary now, Um, and for whom is it necessary? So, do Black children need it do we need to see it as a nostalgic talking point right. um, I know it's a touchstone for me personally yeah. um, because I was able to see myself represented in characters on the show mm-hmm. um, not so much in um, status because like we didn't always have it like right. that right but, like, <laughs> not a doctor. Um, I, I was always someone who was uh, accused of talking white which is incredibly Ooh. incredibly problematic um, you should not yeah. race language um, and race the way in which someone sounds as yeah, white too. Um, But to see someone who um, did not have to be uh, reduced to their race um, or, or have race be a signifier of intelligence as though black people cannot also be intelligent um, and cannot also be as much as any other person, as much as any other white person, yeah. I, it was incredibly important to me. Um, to see, like, we could have it all because we got it all, and we had yeah. it all before you you decided to recognize that we did. Right. I hate the idea of erasure just because I'm all about like free speech and you know access to information, and I feel like we should still be able to access the Cosby Show and recognize what it did. But oftentimes, in the same way, we access other documents written by problematic leaders. Um, and problematic cultures, like, we can look back and see their opinions and see how people reacted, even if that's not what we think today. Right. So there shouldn't be any, like, marathons on TV. Is that kind of... I don't think there should be any marathons, but I don't think there should be an erasure, because an entire culture followed this TV show, Mm -hmm. and an entire culture took notes and sort of shaped their lives after these characters... And there's not much we can change about that. But, I mean, for kind of, uh, people still go back and reference, like, um, Plato and, uh, oh, 
God, I just lost all of Aristotle. 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 Aristotle
the, the type of people that they are today. But um, I think we can look at it as a historical, a um, what, what, what am I trying to say? Historical, like an artifact. There you go. Text of the culture. Uh, if you there, will. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I was wondering, you know, based on this, so like, you know, we're kind of all saying, you know, we have to look at the Cosby Show through a different lens now. Um, so can we still enjoy it? For purely its entertainment value, I I actually say no to some degree. I I get so uncomfortable watching the show sometimes. Um, I mean, the family dynamic. Like, if I completely remove myself from who played these characters, it can be interesting to. Sorry, I slipped. It can be interesting to its own degree, but there are just moments in which I cannot separate and. I look at it and I see this man as a rapist and I see I'm laughing at his jokes. And to be honest, it makes me so uncomfortable um, as somebody who just knows certain situations well. And I, I personally cannot enjoy it for what it is, but studying it, I can understand. Yeah. Um, but enjoying it is not something I'm behind. I want to just pop up to because like, you're talking about erasure, but like if we're not more conscious with what we do with it and how we promote it, what are we saying about the women that have come forward? Like, what are we doing for them? That's a really good point. I don't know. It's hard enough as is, like to see his face everywhere during the trials and sentencing, and for him to still be his legacy to still be revered. And to have reruns on TV, it's, I'm not sure what it does for the women. Um, just watching their rapists still, like, get laughs. Well, then I think that, that speaks to the knowledge that Cosby, Cosby himself, the band himself, is an icon. Yeah. Which is that much more enhanced by his character, Cliff Huxtable. Um, and Cosby, as an icon, he then becomes foundational for the portrayal of other black male figures, so Andre and Uncle Phil mm-hmm. in these shows. Um, it's it's tough in that his image will always haunt um, our culture. I believe. I, I think. I think it's unfortunately just a mark that we we won't be able to remove um, because he has touched so many lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is in accordance with erasure, um, because I think we then have to, like DJ was saying, question a different world and um, Little Bill and that all, Albert, all, that Albert, um, and all of these other shows that he's had his hands in. He's had his hands in so many pots, um, and yeah. to say him to say that the Cosby Show not appearing enough would be enough. Um, I don't know that it ever would, and I don't know that we can speak to that for. Um, these survivors so never victims but survivors yeah so let's bring it back to our class should the cosby show still be taught and should we still have to watch the cosby show in our class i mean you can't have a class about black family sitcoms and not talk about the cosby show true it's just like it can't be done and i think 
I don't think it's beneficial for anyone, um, but like specifically in the context of this class, beneficial and learning about the effects of black sitcoms if we ignore it, um, if ignore some of the um, you know problematic things. I don't think that's doing anyone any favors. Do you think we watch it too much? Oh, uh, I think as far as too much, I think um, it's hard to separate the um, all the rest of the sitcoms that we watch mm -hmm. from the the Cosby Show because it kind of lays a foundation for the black sitcoms that that came after. But uh, I do think that we watch it in. I, yeah, yeah, I kind of think we watch it too <laughs> we much. Watched I, I don't want twenty-one episodes. It, and uh, this semester, it, that's how many is on, that, uh, okay, okay. So many is on our syllabus. I do think we um, there's there are many different examples of the black family or the subjects that we're uh, looking at, whether it be black love and uh, black activism or feminism, feminism or any of that. I think there's so many different shows, especially around the beginning of the class when we watch all the uh, intros. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it just reminds me of all the different uh, uh, programs that we could that we could be touching on. You know, sister, sister, uh, the, my wife and kids, the, uh, the Bernie Mac show, all that. Mm -hmm. Those are some good uh, examples. Would it have the same impact though, coming from a different show? It's a no for me though. <laughs> I'm, no, I don't think it will uh, have the same impact, but I think um, what's valuable about the kind of show is that we can uh, interrogate all the different, you know, things that we see in the episodes, the problematic things that we see. And I I don't think that we can, you know, no, we won't uh, see the same impact, but we will be able to still gain the the, uh, the value from the conversation from all these different shows. See, I think it's more important to call out problematic shit than ignore problematic shit so like it is a weird question of like do we watch Cosby show too much or because we watch it so much did that lead us into heavier and deeper conversations about what we should be talking about mm -hmm. does it play mm -hmm. into a race race <laughs> erasure yeah erasure. there we go okay okay plus i don't want to be the one to tell dr charles that we're watching too much yeah, yeah, it's a little intimidating. I mean, Dr. Charles is a nice person. She's not going to be like, we we watching too much of what? No, no, she's, she's, she's cool, guys. Well, she's well you know, if, if she was, if she happened to be in this room right now, what do you think? <laughs> I wonder. Hmm. I would say the same thing. I, I mean, I I personally think that we could watch a whole lot more of uh, different black sitcoms. But, um, you know. I mean. It, you may be so yeah, I mean, she'd probably be like, you know, do what you want to do. Like, that's fine or whatever. I know. I, mean, I, I know. Mean, I, know whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I know. That exactly like I think. I think I know exactly what she would what say. Would she say I think she would say she would ask the question: Would we have the Johnsons or the Prouds, etc., without the Huxtables? Absolutely no. not. We wouldn't. And and because we wouldn't, then what would change about this class? Yeah, and every like, single thing. We right wouldn't thing. have any of these. Of course, like. Yeah, we wouldn't have. Because the Cosby Show is now a historical document as it stands. And to be honest, we probably read a lot of historical documents or watch historical documents that feature rapists. Probably so, or definitely. Definitely, <laughs> definitely absolutely, always. <laughs> Especially speaking as um, the way in which we don't, we don't request that historians or history teachers um, 
remove any narrative from history. So I think that gets into the problem of revisionist history. Um, so we don't ask that uh, Thomas Jefferson as a rapist be mentioned when we talk about Thomas Jefferson as president, um, even though we should, because he is a right. bona fide rapist, as Dr. Charles would say. Um, as but, the current president that we have. And right as, but, uh, as yeah, yeah, yeah. your uh, orange of a president. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all so forgive all me. Out there. Uh, so <laughs> sorry, I forgot where I was and who I worked for. Uh. And so being that, we don't recognize these things, why should we then um, revise um, our perception of Cosby or our consumption of the television show as a document of history and as a cultural touchstone for Black people um, and for the American population? Because you guys touched on the way in which um, the Cosby show made Black people acceptable, um, but it did a it did a very strong humanizing force. It made us people mm-hmm. in a, in a way that we were we were we were deserving of. Right. I believe. You know what I think? I'm. Uh, I think my uh, <laughs> my uh, feelings toward watching too much Cosby is, is coming from the fact that I want to interrogate a, an art or a show that I'm more familiar with, okay. so that I can get a, a better perspective on. Yeah. The lessons that we're, you know, talking about. Right. I think that's why I'm coming from. I mean, where I'm coming from is the fact that he's still living and breathing. Like, I mean, when you think historical documents, you usually think people are dead for a long ass time. And I don't know, Cosby still being alive and knowing that his current sentencing will probably lessen and he will be back out there in the world. The idea that we're still watching this is just uncomfortable to me, knowing that this rapist is still walking around, um, just like many other higher-ups. But, you know, regardless of, you know, how, you know, we as scholars, you know, feel about these things, I think it's important to, for us to, you know, be at least open to grappling with the most difficult issues, because that's, you know, our responsibility as scholars and as people who are coming up in front and talking about it. And, you know, actually, you know, Dr. Charles, she, you know, mentions this when she talks about her, um, you know, philosophy, her teaching philosophy from the classes. Um, do you remember what that was? Actually, I do. Jacob, thank you so much. So one of her philosophies or her, her it philosophy comes from Audre Lorde of the transformation of silence into language and action. Quote, I have come to believe over and over again that what is most important to me must be spoken, made verbal and shared, even at the risk of having it bruised or misunderstood, that the speaking prophets mean beyond any other effect, end quote. And I think for that reason, um, it's important that Dr. Charles knew what she was doing when she chose Cosby, well before this sentencing, and that she chose to keep this because we are being tasked with the responsibility of grappling and growing in our ethics and growing in how we're going to carry ourselves, you know, outside of this class. Like, yeah, this is for a grade, but we are learning so much more um, that is going to be profitable, not just to ourselves, but, you know, to the people that we encounter throughout the, you know, our lives and stuff. I also think it's important to mention that one of our main ethics as a podcast comes directly from Dr. Charles, which mm-hmm. is Humanity First, which mm-hmm. means... If one of us were having an issue watching the Cosby show, she wouldn't force us to. It would be a conversation that she would be willing to have. She might 
yeah, not necessarily force us, but challenge us to dive deeper into why mm-hmm. we can't, right? Like, what does I can't do this mean? What does that look like? Yeah. And what are you going to do about it? Well, and then what does that mean for the other shows we're watching? Right. Like we said, they're all connected. They're all going to be held to the Cosby Show standards. So, Absolutely. And knowing that we're not addressing this from... This is this is a TV show that is entertaining, um, so we're not watching this for entertainment value, mm-hmm. but um, we're watching it with the goal in mind to understand humanity, to understand our culture as mm-hmm. it stands, to understand um, the creation of figures and images in culture mm-hmm. um, and how people are consumed by them. Um, so I think it's always important to recognize the way also in which she she has us she has us lead with an ethic in mind. Yeah. Um, so to be humanity first and to then for you guys to develop these core foundational ethics mm-hmm. um, as you discuss these issues, I think it's important and I think you guys have done a really great job to them. Um, so I, I just I'm very impressed. Um, and I believe well, our listeners will be as well. Is it okay that I think but I uh, thought queer going off on Elvin was pretty entertaining. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's, Anything she does, I am there for. To say that is sexist <laughs> and regressive. Now, there's one clip of her that was on my YouTube feed, and it was her going off on one of Theo's friends for saying something about periods, and I was here for it. Probably Roach. It right. was, I'm yeah. pretty sure. I was so here for it. Okay, well... well. I think we have reached the end of this section. So now we'd like to go to a little less intense segment of our uh, podcast, which is. Shout out to our cousins down the block. Shout out to our cousins down the block. I'm sorry. I was excited. Who would like to introduce our cousin of the evening? Um, well, we're going to shout out Kamala Harris, who is the Democratic Senator of California. And who gave it to Kavanaugh so severely in his hearing? She and would if not you let up. Are familiar with that? We're going to have a little insert a little clip. of a clip so that she can be as uh, entertained as we are. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that with all that you remember, You have an impeccable memory. You've been speaking for almost eight hours, I think more, with this committee about all sorts of things you remember. How can you not remember whether or not you had a conversation about Robert Mueller or his investigation with anyone at that law firm? This investigation has only been going on for so long, sir. Right, I'm not sure I, do I, I, I'm just trying to think, do I know anyone who works at that firm? I might know. Have you had? A, that's not my question. My question is: Have you had a conversation with anyone at that firm about that investigation? It's a really specific question. I would like to know the person you're thinking of, because what if there's? I think a- you're thinking of someone, and you don't want to tell us. So you're a strong woman. I'm here for it. Well, I guess that's all we have for y'all today. So cue uh, static. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to Click this week. As always, you can find us on Facebook at Click C L I K at Black Box Studios.